the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Get it on my leader right at the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. My name's Mark Isles, and I'm the chief football writer of the Bolton News. This is the podcast that'll be backing Wanderers all the way from Wickham to the Wham Stadium, and maybe even to Wembley. And coming up, it's goals galore at Bolton. We analyse what in Dave Sutton's barn is going on. We ask how big a role can the fans play in the promotion running. And we've all got a semi-final at Accrington Stanley. Just how do we get to Wembley? All that and loads, loads more on the show that has nothing more to moan about now that Bolton is scoring from set pieces. And before we start all the merriment, an announcement. We have a winter sale starting right now on subscription to the Bolton News. You can get your first month of access for the price of just one solitary pound. Yes, a whole month of unlimited articles. Add light website and it also loads faster. There's an app where you can download old copies of the paper. There's reader offers, puzzles. Most importantly, more Bolton Wanderers stuff than you can shake a stick at. Go to theboltonnews.co.uk backslash subscribe to get started. Okay, time to introduce the co-pilot of this very important episode of The Buff and a man who walked out of London Road on Saturday with prawn sandwiches and champagne flutes stuffed in his jacket pocket. It's Henry Hewitt. Henry, how are you doing? Have you finished them yet? Uh, I am very good. What a day. Um, I, you know, I mean, I can't repeat when I emailed Darren McAnthony that night to say thank you for hospitality. I can't repeat what he said back to me. Uh, but, uh, but no, it was a, a great day. And uh, I mean, we saw it because I came back out then into the stadium and you were doing the interviews. We had a chat and we were like, where on earth did that come from? Absolutely amazing. I, I mean, we were saying in the podcast last week, a point would have been, I would have been happy. I think you said nil-nil. I think I mm. said 1-1, just to be slightly different. But a point would have been a good result, I think, at Peterborough. And I'm even looking at it now and thinking, they were still a decent team. Yeah, um, I, I don't think it was a 5-0 game. I think, um, I mean, their defending was poor. So oh, yeah, if, it yeah. was free, if it was 3-0, you could probably go, OK, based on the defending. But... Yeah, five nil, um, unbelievable. And then to to do it again, I mean, wow, what a week, what a week. <laughs> well, I think it's very important that we give each of the games a bit of love because Bolton do not win five nil very often, let alone away from home <laughs> as they did at Peterborough and then beat MK Dons. So we'll start with we're going to start with Peterborough um, because we were both there at the actual game. Um, you were tucked up in the hospitality suite with. Uh, you know, all the other grapes being fed to you by comely maidens and such like. And, <laughs> and I was just stuck, sat next to Alan Swan in the press box. Um, I, I mean, it was it was almost the perfect performance for Bolton because they were able to conserve energy. They were able to finish off every single chance they created pretty much. And, well, I mean, defending-wise, I, I, I thought Peterborough looked quite dangerous at times, but they were immaculate, Bolton. They, they defended the box really, really well. Yeah, I think it's been no surprise for me that um, in both games, it's been Santos v. Clark Harris. Yeah. And Santos has won those duels. 
and uh, we've won the game and not conceded a goal. I, I, to be honest, I've, you know, I, I don't, I know I, I produced Dara's podcast, but I don't really watch Peterborough, so I can't comment on what they are like normally. But on the two games I have seen them, I just think when you take Clark Harris out of the game, they haven't really got that much else. And I think um, it surprised me because where I was sat, I felt that there was a moment where a player went down and uh, the players come to the touchline to get a drink. And then going back to the positions, it was as if Clark Harris was looking for Santos and walked to him. Mm. And I thought, why is he? Why? I'd be trying to go over to someone else. And uh, But yeah, you know, in both those battles, Santos has won. He got his goals as well, mm-hmm. which was incredible. And uh, and yeah, I think the defence at the moment is is uh, just playing so, so well. And it's such a... They're playing that well, but you think, well, we've got Connor Bradley and George Johnston to come back in. Two players who couldn't be dropped six weeks ago. And now I don't think they get back in the team. No, it's mad that I think it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see what he does at the weekend with Connor going back from suspension. But we'll have a we'll have a stab at the team in a bit. I mean, Rico off the mark. I mean, 117 games before that, I don't think he's ever really got close to scoring a goal. He, you know, we've we've said so many times that he's so aerially dominant at one end of the pitch, and yet he can't seem to do anything at the other end. And yet we're sitting here, and he's scored as many goals as oh, I don't know. Uh, Aaron Morley, I think, he's got three. Mm. Yeah, Dempsey, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, look, I mean, fantastic. It's been a fantastic week for him. But to get two against your former employers, with all the stuff that had been said in, in, in the build up to the game as well about the silly things he'd said when he left the club and all that, he was very repentant, I think. He, he realised he's grown up quite a bit since then. Um, it was just a great story, wasn't it? It was. I think if you'd have said to Ricardo Santos on Saturday morning, what's your dream? day today I don't think he'd have come up with that I think he'd have, he'd have come up with something less so it was unbelievable and uh, but I think he deserves it you know I think um, I hopefully it'll give him the confidence obviously he scored on Tuesday as well and he looked that header he put away because mm. with Santos what's been disappointing with him is you know I, I well he's not really had that many headers on goal from corners to be fair because our corners haven't been great but um he hasn't really troubled the goal. I think he's had one disallowed goal and then that was it. Um, so if it can give him the confidence now to go up and, and make himself more of a threat, then uh, hopefully we'll be... Uh, I mean, they, they were chanting, weren't they, on Tuesday, 20 goals, 20 goals, three goals, Santos. <laughs> he may get to it, you never know. Yeah, madness. Absolute madness. Um, I mean, Darren McCanter, you do you do his podcast. Uh, it's well worth a listen this week if you're a Bolton fan, by the way, because uh, plenty of Bolton content in there. Um, I mean, he, he gave him quite a bit of high praise, really. I think he said he was the best best centre-half in League One at one stage. Um, more aimed towards his own fans for, for booing him and saying he was rubbish whilst he was at Peterborough. I think it was a bit of a barbed point he was making. Um, but fair, do you know what? Credit to, credit to him for coming out and doing a podcast on that week because there is no way on earth I'd have been anywhere near it. Yeah, I uh, Phil, who he does it with, I did email him and say, um, am I am I pre- preparing a podcast for you? Am I doing the, the uh, content this week? Um, and he kind of said on, on Saturday evening, he said, uh, leave it with me. I'll, I'll speak to him tomorrow. But yeah, credit to him. He, you know, he puts himself out there. And I know a few Peterborough fans don't like it. And mm-hmm. if it was Sharon Britton doing it, maybe I'd think differently. But I think, uh, you know, it, it is great insight into that. And and especially when a team's lost and he was, yeah, he was saying it wasn't a 5-0 game, which I, I can't argue with him for. 
Um, and yeah, it was very high praise for Bolton. So um, yeah, we we finally getting noticed because I think sometimes with Derby in the same similar place to us, I think we kind of been forgotten about a little bit. Mm. Um, and now we're third. I think yeah, we are getting noticed. Interesting, actually, it just sparked a little thought in my head there about owners coming out and, and doing these kind of regular missives and, and I actually quite like the podcast and I think he does raise some really good points about the game in general not just just Peter but it's actually quite a good listen for the, the average football fan but I think it's a dangerous game it's a dangerous game I think any anybody when you're at that sort of level in a club to come out and put yourself out there on a regular basis it's a very delicate balance and we've seen in the past obviously at Bolton with he who shall not be mentioned which you know a, a not a daily podcast but a daily whatever that was diatribe daily brain fart whatever you want to call it um <laughs> it was was just too much too much information and it was so tinted and so tinged in his own kind of you know the way that he wanted things to go across his own his own message um, that it just looked like propaganda, which is exactly what it was. Um, I would, I mean, would you like to say? I, I, I see. I look at look at the Britain boys, for example. They they're doing the 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 video logs, aren't they? Um, which is great, and I think those things work really good when things are going really well. Um, they don't necessarily go as well when you're not going well, though, do they? It's it's a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough balance. And on that podcast, we get a lot of Peterborough fans who who get upset with him and stuff, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think it's a... I mean, I enjoyed... That's why I got the, the job, because I was mm. listening to it anyway. Um, and uh, I'll be honest with you, because I get a wage from it. Long may it continue. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to this, Darren. I'm, I'm full of rubbish. <laughs> um, Dion Charles. Let's have a talk about Dion Charles, because everything he touches at the minute is turning to gold. 17 for the season now. Um, I don't think there's any doubt he's going to get to 20 for this season, is there? No, not at all. And... Um, you know, I think I, it, it was funny because when he came off on Tuesday, I, I could tell that he was frustrated. And he's probably frustrated because the defensive back line have all scored and he hasn't. But um, but this is the thing with him. You know, I, I know Ian Everett said that, you know, he's, they have worked with him. And I, I thought his second goal, with the way he just, I mean, the defence was poor. You know, I can't give him too much credit. But the way he got into that position for a tap-in, um, you know, maybe earlier in the season he was thinking a bit too much. He'd sort of sit back a little bit to try and, you know, get a pull back on the yeah. penalty spot. When let's, if you're at the six, you're middle of a goal, six yard box, he's not going to miss. So, um, so yeah, and his penalties as well. He, he's, you know, him and we've been quite lucky, haven't we, with penalty takers? We dialed before him. So, um, so yeah, he's he's doing so well and. Uh, and credit to him, and I think he was getting a bit of stick, and he's come through, and you could tell it it did affect him, because he's probably not been at a club before where he's getting that much grief. Mm. You know, let's face it, if he weren't scoring at Accrington, it's only a handful of people, whereas at Bolton, it's not. So um, I, I think he's got through that now, and you can tell he's he's really enjoying himself at the moment. I said before, he's he's got he's got that kind of prickliness about him at times that most good strikers have. They've all got a little bit of arrogance and a little bit of. Uh, devilment about them. I, I I used to say like for example Adam Lafondre. You know you 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 talk to him and and it, generally speaking quite a humble fella. But then every once in a while he just come out with you know a, a, a typically kind of brava bit of bravado and you just think well you've got to have the confidence to back up saying something like that. And and generally speaking he did as well. So 
I think with Dion, he, he said about getting to 20 and then reassessing his targets. I have no doubt at all uh, he'll end up with 20. He'll finally break the Michael Ricketts uh, jinx, if you will. Mm. Um, and I would love that to happen next Tuesday to add a couple in there. But we shall uh, p- perhaps perhaps make some predictions on that one in a bit. Uh, but yes, you you did watch from the posh seats, though. Let's, let's be absolutely honest on Saturday. What was it like in there? I noticed... Um, you said that maybe uh, Sharon Britton was was there or thereabouts, and Barry Fry in the room as well. Yeah, uh, I was in the posh seats, at, posh seats at posh. Yeah. Um, well, they're all posh seats because they own them. I tell you, um, those, those wooden ones are not posh seats, mate. No, no. And no. do you know what? The press box is not posh either. This seat is it's about about three foot from the actual bench. You've got to have really long arms. I think it was like. It was designed for orangutans or something. I don't know what it was doing. But anyway, yeah, go on. You were saying. Uh, yeah, well, I know. They, I think they're desperate for a new ground. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think um, it was a... Well, Sharon Britton was sat pretty much in front of me. I had a chat with Neil Hart as well, which was uh, good to good to chat with him. And, and Barry Fry was there. And, yeah, coming back in, I actually, after the result, uh, I walked back into the, the sort of boardroom area. And Sharon Britton walked in behind me, and I just said, "Sharon, can I just give you a hug?" Because that was brilliant. And I, she just said, "Oh yeah, of course." Uh, and then yeah, Barry Fry came in and was like, uh, "You lucky so and so," you know, joking. But it, to be fair to Barry Fry, he did say after it, he said, "You know, I hope you get promoted because uh, he obviously has a soft spot for Bolton." But um, uh, yeah, it was a no, it was a nice day and uh, had some nice food and uh, yeah, I, it was um, you know when I went on. Uh, Tuesday against MK Dons, I was like, mm, I kind of miss my, my pre-match meal and uh, the lofty view when I'm sat in the north stand lower. Um, I, but I, you know, I had a cars pasty, and uh, that's that's what's well, what I eat when I'm at my happiest, Mark. <laughs> we don't have to placate them anymore. They're not sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> Uh, sponsorship is available, by the way, at the moment. Weirdly enough, so you know, contact the podcast if you if you fancy if you fancy sponsoring. Um, right, MK Dons. Let's move on. Um, defense is the best form of attack. <laughs> Discuss. Well, um, yeah, I, I. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? You know, the first half for three of them to score, and then uh, you know, yeah, for toll and williams and i felt sorry for john but then i saw he set up two of course with the corners yeah. didn't he so uh, he you know two assists equals a goal so he got his as well um but i, I mean that's got to be i know bolton bwfc stats on twitter does a lot and he he you know he, he's put a few stats up in the last few days with the results but i don't think um i don't think we've ever had a, a game where only defenders have scored and when we've scored like more than two surely not i don't think so so uh yeah, it was um, it, it was definitely it was well. I say it was a one-off, but I mean, I'd take it. I'd take it again. Another five now. Incredible, incredible. I, I think it was probably more um, believable than the posh one. Obviously, to go away and, and win away from home five 0 against a team like that. MK Dons, nothing like the team they were last season. They they seem no. to be a bit of a shell again defensively. They were they were very poor. They had some. Pretty reasonable uh, strikers, you know. Mois is a good player, I think, and, and caused a couple of problems. And uh, yeah, re- reasonable going forward, but the defensive fleet absolutely terrible. And barring the keeper, I mean, it could have been six, seven, eight, really, if if the keeper hadn't pulled off a few saves in the second half. Um, but as far as five goals go with it, they got back to back five goals in nineteen ninety five. They beat Charlton and Wolves five one. 
and went up that season, of course. So that hopefully is a, a nice omen. Mm. Um, they have got two in the 30s, late 30s as well, I think, um, winning by five clear goals. Of course, as soon as the final whistle went on Tuesday night, all the press box turns around to me and says, well, when was the last time they did this? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, here we go. So I'm hoping that Chris Mann had got there ahead of me on BWFC stats. He hadn't. Um, he must have been watching the game, so he doesn't get any Wi-Fi. Um, so I'm flicking through books and I'm, you know, following through all the uh, all the stats. And the, the 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 first thing I thought was I've got to go to the twenties because Bolton obviously were quite imperious in the twenties. They were the big team. Got all the way through right to the very last bit of the twenties, twenty nine thirty, and then finally found it. And I just said to the rest, of them, "Right, it's been done before. I'm not telling you whether how many times it's been done, but it's not the first time." So everybody was quite happy with that. Um, yeah. But uh, yes, apparently that was the last time. I, and actually, quite randomly. The, that one that I picked out there was the last time, strangely. I could have gone for another 60 years of results and not found another one. Uh, so <laughs> wow. I'm glad I didn't have to do that. Um, but yes, I am pretty sure that is the first time five defenders have scored in the same game. I did have a flick through Simon Marlon's Bible earlier. Problem being is, as much as I like to pretend I know about Bolton Wanderers, I don't know who played in defence and midfield every single game of every single fixture of every single year of all time mm. so if Simon Marland is listening there is a task for you you're the only person I can think of that could possibly answer that um, so uh, please get in touch um, I think MK I mean they were definitely worse than Posh uh, but James Trafford on the couple of times he did have to do anything again just Oozing confidence. 16 hours without without conceding a goal now at the University of Bolton Stadium. Do you think? Do you think they ever will concede? <laughs> I uh, I really don't think we are, Mark. We're never gonna we're never gonna win less than five nil ever again. That's this, this is it. it now. That's it. This is this is this is our life now. It's just five nil every week. It'll get boring after a while. I think. Well, yeah, this is why City fans are all bored. I said to my dad at half time. I said, "Is this like watching Man City?" Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, Trafford is, uh, and that's this is the thing. He's there are some games where he doesn't have much to do. I think of the Cheltenham game, and um, but when he's called upon, he's he's a, such a top top goalie, and uh, you know I think we're lucky to have him, and we better appreciate him for the time we've got left with him. But um, but I, I think the whole defense, you know, in that time we've had. If you think about uh, that, Santos were missing for the start of that, and Johnston and Ameson played, and so we've had uh, now and better. So, I mean, we've had about six defenders, you know, or seven or eight defenders if you count the wing backs play in that time, and not, we've not conceded. So it just shows how good the squad is at the moment. Yeah, Owen Toll probably deserves mention. We may have a little chat about Mbete later on because we we got to speak to Mbete after the game on Tuesday night. But Owen Toll has. I mean, obviously, we've talked about the way that he's settled in English football, that he's he's obviously come to the team when Bolton really needed him to hit, to hit the ground running and has done. Now he's first choice, really, no matter which position he plays in that back three. Um, I'm told now that Northern Ireland are taking it extremely seriously and I, I think it'd be quite a surprise if he wasn't in the squad for mm. the friendly against uh, for the games against sorry the qualifiers against uh, Finland and San Marino, I think it's March. Um, certainly, there's been conversations behind the scenes. It would seem so. I mean, 
Bolton Bolton propping Northern Ireland up at the minute with the way that they're going, but Toll really deserves it because he, he he's really blossomed since he's been given the chance, hasn't he? He has, yeah. He's um, you know I felt because obviously at the start of the season they didn't they didn't rush him in and that was probably wise. And uh, you know since he's come in, um, yeah, was it was it the Bristol Rovers game he came in? So he's so, actually yeah, yeah. yeah only conceded one at home in his. <laughs> This whole time, but um, yeah, he's. Uh, I think all three of them had uh, like yesterday, and you can add Johnston into that. And um, you know, I thought they've all played so well, and and they look solid. And Toll just looks a, like yeah, a, such a top player. He's good on the ball. He, when he he's as noticed against Peter Ray was sort of shepherding players out like uh, Santos does as mm-hmm. well. Um, you know, I, I think yeah, we're in a really good place. I think we've now. Maybe Sheffield Wednesday have conceded less than us, I think. But we, we there was a stage where I think Derby and Barnsley conceded less, but now they've. So I think we're second in the least conceded. We're not conceding goals. We're scoring plenty, and it's uh, and it's weird to think that in not even just looking at Tuesday night, but the other games as well, that the defenders are really contributing to how we score goals as well, especially Toll and then Mbappe. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, even with all the goals, even with all the brilliant defending, we've still managed to churn out some headlines to talk about this week. So uh, lay them on me, Henry. News. Yeah, well, let's get something negative about with Bolton out of the way first. The potential injuries... Uh, well, the minor injuries at the moment, I believe, but Cameron Jerome and Connor Bradley might be missing against Wickham. What can you tell us about that? Interesting uh, point raised by Ian Everett after the game on Tuesday night. Obviously, Cameron Jerome had dropped out the squad. I guess that's why George Thomason was a bench warmer. Um, I don't think there's any doubt he was going to be playing it or, or, or taking part because I think he only returned to training on the Monday after a, a good couple of months out with that knee injury. Um but good to have him back, by the way. I've mentioned that, but good to have George back. Uh, Cameron Jerome picked up a, a back injury. Apparently, Connor Bradley, although he was suspended, would have missed that game anyway because he also picked up a back injury. And Ian Everett said that the, one of the problems was at the moment that they have got quite a soft pitch at Lostock that they train on the first team first pitch. They've got a lot of pitches up there, but the, even the best one is quite soft. And it is causing a few problems. There's a bit slipping. There's a bit, you know, not necessarily the surest footing. They've trained on the stadium pitch a couple of times, as we've seen with some of the club footage. And obviously that's not ideal because we know what the first team pitch is like at the moment at the Uniball as well. That it is, It's improving slightly, but it's still a little bit tricky. So, uh, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know whether it's, you know, everybody pay a fiver in and go and play at Bolton Arena or um, hmm. whether or not one of the parks down at Leverhulme Park maybe get just get them jogging around the uh, outside of the tracks there maybe who knows but uh, maybe they should go back to Hall's Mentholiptus like like the, the White Hot <laughs> teams did and train down there in Radcliffe but it's it's a difficult one because it does it's very very expensive very very expensive and it's one of these un, unseen costs really i think when you talk about running football clubs and and what it costs to to do things people say oh transfers and wages and but the actual stadium upkeep and the pitch upkeep is is a big chunk of money 
especially if you want it to be as pre prime and, and, and proper as, as as Ian Everett definitely wants it to be. So hopefully that won't be. Hopefully the weather cheers up. Oh, spring has sprung and all that sort of thing, and and we can look forward to some firmer pitches. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's just been a, a. It's so important for us to have the kit, the, the mm. pitch, you know, in a good state on the training ground as well, and um, it helps our game. And also, you know, when we've got we're against these teams that are, um, you know, that are wasting time and stuff like that. It's not necessarily a, a, how they play. To be fair to MK Dons, I thought they they, they passed the ball. You know, they tried to pass the ball and. Yeah. Possibly that's probably why they lost five 0 They're too open. You're not, you're not yeah. You can't, unfortunately. And this is this is going to be. I, I said this to Ian Ever after the game. I said the problem is that MK have come here and tried to take you on playing football. Everybody in the league is going to see that and say, "Well, we can't do that. We're going to have to sit in and hit on the counter." And that's been an issue. Obviously, we've seen it at the extreme level of Cheltenham. But you don't want to see teams coming in and camping at the Uniball. But unfortunately, that's the way things are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, the pitches so need to be in, uh, they need to be in a good state. But we've we've discussed this. It's no one's fault. It's you know, and uh, I'm sure it's the same at the training ground. So I wish they could get the bubble sorted. By the way, at the training ground, that would be a, a good start. Oh, the the is it the inside the astroturf thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that not because surely they 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 had that to for this situation when they yeah. can't use the pitch. Yeah, well, I mean, the idea was with the bubble that it, it was one of the requisites for the, the academy, uh, the category two, so it wasn't needed when they stepped down to three. Um, but it got destroyed by the wind, and it's now going through a load of uh, insurance. So it's a very slow process, but obviously it's not happening any time soon. Um, but I can't help but think at this time of year it would be absolutely perfect because they could do some stuff in there and it was a really good resource for the whole academy when the wind whistled through Lostock as it tends to do. But, um, right, well, let's move on to something a little cheerier. Yeah, well, um, Chris Markham's been with us for two years um, and he has noticed he was celebrating the was it Bahamas or Barbados watching the Peterborough <laughs> game in a bar. Who knows? Who knows? On his salary, it could be anywhere. He could be doing a <laughs> around-the-world tour. Um, what a difference he's made, though. What a difference yeah. he's made. I, I, I wrote a piece for the paper, um, which is going in on Thursday morning, I think, so it should be on, online at some stage. Um, just looking at the way things were before he arrived and the state things were in, you know, Bolton had to strip things back obviously they had to strip things back in administration but even before that things were absolutely ravaged in scouting and recruitment and analysis and sports science all that kind of thing had been completely pared back and neglected um and even in the first 12 months or so of football ventures coming 12 18 months it wasn't the pressing priority they obviously tried to rebuild the football department in one way and we won't uh, we won't mention who they who they entrusted that particular job to but uh, it wasn't the greatest idea in the end um, and then went to full reverse and, and brought Chris in and I think since then he has I mean the, the team since then put it this way have, have won about 56% of their games which is incredible yeah um and you forget just how Chris Mark, he's not just come from nowhere, has he? He helped get Huddersfield promoted. He worked with England in the World yeah. Cup in 
2018. You know, I think we are lucky to have him and continue to do so. I think uh, I think him and Ian Ever at the moment are the two that uh, I would be worried if they were poached from us. To be yeah, honest, yeah, it's, it's odd, really, isn't it? You you're kind of worried, <laughs> not not necessarily with players, but actually staff. Um, but it's, yeah. it it shows, you know, it's good it's good recruitment, good judgment, and, and he's a good guy as well, Chris. Um, you know, I've I've, uh, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed chatting to him after games. He's got a really good uh, good eye for it. It's really interesting seeing what what him and Ian when you when you speak to him about the kind of tactical side of things, they see things in just a completely different colour to me. Um, and it, it's really uh, really interesting um, listening to, to kind of the breakdown and where the where the game's been won and lost. But um, yes, two years um, on Wednesday it was. So uh, long may that continue. Yeah. Um... Now let's talk about Luke and Bette. He spoke right. to you after the game on Tuesday, talked about his, the issues he had at Huddersfield, um, and we seem to be getting the benefit now. Yeah, uh, he got a clatter on his lip, by the way. He got really, got really smacked. He had to change Oh, his, is that why? Yeah. yeah, he came out the second half. He didn't have a name on his back of yeah, his shirt. Yeah, exactly. He, he, had, uh, he had the old Daz White, um, <laughs> Daz White, Ultra White uh, T-shirt <laughs> on. That had no number, etc. But yes, he got, um, he got a big fat lip he got clobbered at some stage or another and had blood all the way down it so unfortunately his first goal for the club and i'm not sure which shirt he uh, will be able to keep him framed because <laughs> the other one <laughs> look he's been in platoon but um yeah i mean he he was he was fantastic alex baptiste was there uh, as well apparently and and he he was very very impressed with him um, thought he looked like a, a young Ricardo Santos, and they, they're basically <laughs> farming that type of defender now. Such a such a powerful, quick lad. Um, really good on the ball, very confident on the ball, and you know I think he he has proven so far to be quite an interesting little addition there. I, I think he's with Johnson's injury, he's possibly in there ahead of schedule, but he's he's certainly not letting anybody down. He took his goal really well the other day, but he was telling us about Huddersfield and and the fact that. He felt he needed to get experience. He felt he'd, you know, he'd been playing academy football at City for long enough that he needed to get out there and prove that he could do it. Um, but he felt a little bit let down by what happened at Huddersfield. It's a difficult club to play at at the minute. Obviously, they've been struggling. Um, so, a bit like James Trafford, really, in the way that he went to Accrington and, and just didn't fit, just didn't sort of work in the in the way that they wanted it to and then found a home at Bolton and it's all been uh, uphill uh, uphill it's all been downhill from there it's been it's been plain sailing from there for Traff so I'm hoping and Betty I'll have the same thing yeah me too um now next headline is about Kieran Lee Ian Everett has said you must have listened to the podcast a few weeks ago when we were talking about his best ever signings and we we both had Kieran Lee in that and he has actually said he's he's one of his best signings um do you think maybe a new deal for Lee is around the corner? Because I don't think anyone would want him to leave at the moment. I, I think, I mean, the official line with, with Bolton at the minute is that they can't do anything because they don't know what division they're going to be in. And I think there's probably a good half dozen of the players that are out of contract that you would say, yes, if if Bolton was still in League One next season, then it makes sense to do a deal. But if they were in the championship, then you would probably have a good think about it and see what else is out there. That's mm. that's the way I see it. Uh, Kieran Lee, for me, whether you're in the championship or whether you were in League One next season, you'd be offering him at least 12 months. Because I, I just don't see any any reason, unless, unless Kieran Lee is thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. 
Um, I want to go and retire to my mansion or whatever he's got. <laughs> he's got. Um, you know, it, it doesn't seem to me like a player that's winding down. Obviously, no. he has to manage his body. We know that. But I think Bolton have got that correct this season. They they seem to to know exactly when to take him out of the action, like they did on Tuesday night. To, throw him on for 20 minutes, see the game out, and then he should theoretically be fresh as a daisy for Wickham on Saturday, and that's the kind of game you need, that little touch of class, that bit of experience. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think for me, the New Deal is is a given, but he's one of very few of those con- out-of-contract players that would be in my, in my shortlist regardless. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I think uh, he can play in the Championship and... Okay, you you may have to have it where he starts one every three games with a intense. You know, he's going to be more intense. But um, but no, I I, I think in that list, uh, I don't know the list of players, but I think in that list, he would definitely be one that um, yeah, I, I would look to keep. I mean, we might as the moment unless he he he's really gets affected by from injuries and stuff. I'd just keep Lee until he retires. To be honest, I think he's been that good. Um. Right, Ian Everett has said that uh, in the running, and we've uh, you know we've been talking about how important the games are now that we're suddenly third in the league. But um, he said the fans can make a real difference at the Uniball, and I've got to say though on on Tuesday, I, I felt it was a bit subdued. I don't know whether that's with the lack of an away crowd or whether. Um, we scored early on, so we'd won the game essentially already. Or whether people after the five 0 on Saturday just expected us to turn up and win, I'm not quite sure. But um, I mean, what do you, what do you think? Do you think because uh, they are those games, aren't they? Just the game where the fans are very subdued. Um, but normally, they, I, you know, I can see his point. They are very good. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Tuesday night was quite quiet. I wonder whether or not the fact that it was Valentine's night and there were some old romantics out there that were season ticket holders and maybe didn't turn up. Um, it just had a, a strange... I think because it was so comfortable for Bolton, it was potentially a little bit more difficult to wind yourself up. There was no adversary. I mean, the referee, by the way, we haven't mentioned him and we probably should do, but that was the best referee performance I've seen in a long, long time. I'd, I, I sat there afterwards, after the game, trying to think up anything... That I could think, oh, did I even did I even wrinkle my nose? Did I even think, oh no, no chance to referee. Not even once did I say because he kept completely out of it. Had a, a little word with Shortire early on, uh, or Shortiri early on. We'll get onto that. Um, Shortiri, uh, because I think he was getting a little bit narky at one stage, but nothing. I I thought he, he managed the game terrifically well, and that just made there was no baddies. There was no baddies. It was it was all too easy. Um, but I think Ian Everett's point is valid that Bolton's fans are going to have to play their part. There's a run of three home games towards the end of the season, um, towards the end of April, uh, which is, I think it's Shrewsbury, Accrington, Fleetwood, which mm. is vital. It's a lot of games to go to all at once, but I think they're going to need every single man, woman and child on board to, to, to really push them through at that stage. They've still got Ipswich to come. They've still got Cambridge to come. And d- 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 Port Vale, I think, is the other one. Um, yeah. So, so there's there's a handful of games there. They're they're all big, big games. The Ipswich one stands out, of course, but they at home they've been really good to watch. I, if if anybody's even thinking about whether or not they should go and watch Bolton Wanderers at the minute, I mean, it's it's an absolute shoe in. Just go. It's great. It's well worth the money. Um, and and people need to be loud. 
and they need to make it as partisan as possible because if if there's any chance of Bolton getting automatic promotion, it will hinge on them keeping up a, a virtually hundred percent record. Um, yeah, I don't see um, you know Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth dropping too many points. No. I can see them dropping six, but if they drop six, then we need to win every game. So. Exactly. Um, yeah, it will be tough, but uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think, and I think the fans, the away fans are brilliant, and the fact that again, Wicker, you know, Saturday we took whatever it was over a thousand, a thousand seven hundred. I think Wickham is going to be over a thousand. You know, these are the long distances mm. when it costs a lot of money to get to places now, and people are prepared to pay the money because it's a good product, and that's the thing. And uh, you know, and I think at home as well that. Yeah, you know, it, it was a, a bit quieter and a bit, um, you know, whether we actually had 16,000 in the ground on Tuesday, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, I don't know about that didn't one. Feel like but, it uh, yeah, didn't feel like it to me. No, um, I was there. I was lucky enough that my, I think because my wife's seen how uh, Bolton have been in the worst times, I think she appreciates that. Just let him go now. They're winning 5-0 every week. Um <laughs> But, uh, well, yeah, let's, let's see. I think it should be an exciting end to the season. Um, right, let's... Um, i tell you what. I, I saw this... I saw you do this headline and I noticed it the other night. Bolton scoring from um, set pieces. Oh, my word. It's what's, about time. What's going on? What is going on? How, how are we supposed to operate as a podcast and you can't moan about a chuffing thing? Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. We can't even moan about set pieces anymore. I mean, if nothing else, Bolton were rubbish at set pieces. Now they're good at set pieces. It's um, yeah. it's madness. It's absolute madness. That was our banker. That it was, was our, our one thing. It was our go-to you know, we, moan. <laughs> we have a discussion before we come on the podcast. We say, right, shall we be negative this week or shall we be positive? Let's have a bit of negativity. What can we do? Set pieces. Good Can't do that anymore. Set pieces every time. Um, no, I mean Declan John. I mean I blame Declan John. I've got to be honest. <laughs> I, I really do blame him because uh, I mean the, the quality against MK Dons was was phenomenal. And and, and mm. Aaron Morley, uh, you know, he's. I think he's improved as this season has gone on. I think consistency wise, his delivery has been great. Ian Everett was saying that they've kind of simplified how they've gone about set pieces. Um, basically asking for more accountability uh, from the players. Now, I don't know what that means, whether you get like <laughs> cat and nine tails out if you, uh, if you fail to, um, you know, make the right run or, 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 or do the right decoy or something. But I, I think basically they've been shown exactly every single person that's in that box knows exactly what they should do. And when they have the kind of video deconstruction Afterwards, if somebody isn't doing it, then they probably get uh, called out on it and um, kicked up the backside, I should imagine. Uh, and it seems to be working because I, I think somebody um, copied me into a tweet earlier on showing a, a Manchester City set piece and a Bolton set piece with the little kind of little congregation on the penalty spot and then the, the, the four centre-halves kind of dissipate and, and cause a bit of confusion. Very, very similar kind of approach, but it, it worked twice very easily on uh, on Tuesday night against MK. And then the third one was a little bit little bit more of a mix-up, but Toll got on the end of it in the end anyway. But look, we've said for ages and ages and ages that they don't work hard enough on set pieces. I think it's fair to now praise the fact that it looks to be a weapon and and how long has it been since we can say 
you know, Bolton are a genuine threat from set pieces. And with lads like Combete and Santos and Jones and, and you know, Williams and, and people of like that in the team, they should be a threat from set pieces. He should be, yeah. And this is what I was saying before about Santos is that it, the fact that he's took him so long to score a goal is unbelievable, really. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it just seems to have all clicked. So I think, did the manager say that they've, they've basically just gone back to basics? Um yeah. And it's it's worked. It, it is working, and uh, you, you know, know it just... how many people go back to basics, and it works yeah. straight away. Isn't it strange how the basics seem to just get completely neglected as the kind of frame of reference? If everybody just did the basics, then everybody would be pretty good. I know. If every team did the basics, then I, every it'd be just be every we'd end up on forty six points because we just draw every week. They cancel each other out. Um, but uh, you know, we've said we were saying in the the League Two season, we were saying last season, at the start of this season, it's an easy way to have an attack on goal, and the fans get excited when a corner happens. And we were saying, actually, why should we get excited? Because we never do anything with them. So to see them actually doing it now is uh, is brilliant. It's uh, again something else that we can. It's just a happy time to be a wanderer. This is why we don't do all right on Barry Knight. There's no more Barry Knights left. There's not. There's I, I, I did there. think. I did think about that. What could we have said if we did that? Well, it should have been six. <laughs> I would have just been sat here complaining about the press box being too long for my arms. That things like <laughs> irrelevant, irrelevant, self-justified things like that. It's. Uh, it's never mind. Never mind. Give me another headline. Um, yeah. Well, this is. Uh, we're going to bring it back down now and uh, talk about um, Oz Tuma, of course, former wanderer, mm. and uh, what's been happening in Turkey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very scary stuff. Obviously, Turkey and Syria, uh, the devastation caused by the earthquakes there is uh, is very serious. I think it's 40,000 people have lost their lives, which is just absolutely incomprehensible, really. Um, but Ozzy is living over there. He's playing, uh, well, he's living in Adana, which has been one of the cities that's been uh, hardest hit in southern Turkey. Um, playing in the Premier League over there. And when it happened, I... I kind of passed on the details to our news desk and said, listen, I've got Ozzy's number if you want to give him a ring and see, A, if he's all right. I'd seen that he tweeted, actually. I knew he was all right, but um, if he wants to have a chat and, and he got back to us um, uh, yesterday, which was Tuesday, and had a, a bit of a chat with one of our reporters about um, the, the situation at the moment. And he's just basically said that he'd love uh, people to be able to donate what they can give to the relief funds because there's there's so many people that have been displaced and lost their homes and everything he's he's out of um his apartment at the moment and, and may not get his belongings back because his building's been hit uh so he's with the team at the minute they're staying in um Antalanya, i think it is a bit further down the coast um but the, the city's just basically no-go zone. It's just completely destroyed and so many people have been displaced. He said that if, if people are thinking about donating that to try and do it to something with a, a kind of a Turkish base rather than it being one of the international ones um, because it would probably get to the people faster and to uh, to go direct into, uh, into the actual relief zone, as it were. So... Um, he's all right. He's a bit shaken. Um, he's, he's luckily his family's over in London still, so he didn't have that to worry about. And he was actually playing in a away game as well when it happened. Had he been playing at home, that would have been ground zero for the whole thing. So mm. um, would have been very, very worrying indeed. But uh, a, a lucky escape. He's very thankful uh, for that as well. So um, hopefully he everything gets sorted for him. Um, and uh, well, 
for, for, for everybody as best as it can be um, over there in those two countries. Yeah, exactly. I echo what you just said there. Um, and uh, just to round off the headlines, uh, Ricardo Santos is not only scoring goals now, not only concede, not conceding goals, mean part of records uh, at home, he's in music videos as well. This was a revelation. This was a revelation. Now, I can't claim credit for this because one eagle-eyed Bolton fan had raised it on social media mm. and it, it echoed around a little bit. And then Dan Barnes, our digital lad, spotted it and said, did you know this? And we did a little bit of detective work on what the actual video was. Um, and then I asked, I asked Rico and he's like, how on earth did you know that? I mean, that, that's impossible. And hmm. what these Bolton fans find out about you is incredible. He was basically showing his face was face was on this video. It's not like he was like, you know, featuring Ricardo Santos or anything like that. It wasn't like a named artist. Um, but the artist is Jay Huss, which is a, a, a fairly well-known UK kind of yeah. rapper. Um, plenty of plenty of uh, chart hits. This one, this one that he was in got to number nine. Um, and, and Rico's in it for about 10 seconds. It just his face flushes up. He's got a fantastic haircut, by the way. Well worth watching. Um, so uh, if you can, if, I think if you look at the the Bolton News website and try and dig out the uh, dig out the article, I think we've got a link to the video on there. But um, yes, it was uh, it was very amusing to uh, to see his, the surprise on his face when I uh, chucked that curveball at him. Uh, last question on a press conference. Oh, by the way, did you know? <laughs> Are you really in the music video? Oh, he's, he's <laughs> I big, like it. He's a big. I'd mate. like it if you, if you, sorry, if you like it if you asked him, did you know you're in a music video? <laughs> yeah, was I really? Was I honestly? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he's a big mate of uh, of Jay House. Apparently, he's uh, goes back, um, like a, a school friend as such in uh, in Stratford. So, um, yeah, I think more, more. And look, on that revelation, after that revelation, he goes and scores three goals in two games. So I don't want to claim mm. an assist, but it's. it's it's at least the second assist, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's it's kind of an assist like Geffen Jones got for his first goal, where he just <laughs> hit, just hits him and goes in. That, by the way, was uh, was one of one of the great Bolton goals, and one yeah. that I still swear didn't even happen. But I I, I don't know. I, I I just I was I was so adamant that it was Geffen Jones in that press box, and the stadium guy. Uh, the stadium announcer who initially gave it to Santos ran down the stairs, looked at replays, then ran back up. He's like, honestly, it's hit him. He's on the floor and it's just hit his leg or his backside. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, I'm not having it at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I didn't see much. I just saw Santos run off. So I, I didn't know he was on the ground, to be honest. I thought he'd got up because it happened so quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he'd, uh, he'd got up and put it in. But no, I mean, you know, we know what Ian Everett said before about... Uh, you know, having footballs hit parts of the anatomy and going in, <laughs> and it definitely did that with Rico. Finally hit the target. Right, OK, we've got no post bag this week because, um, well, we've got something else to talk about. So I spent about an hour the other day replying to emails that we haven't sorted yet uh, and sorting them out, and it's the kind of bloody admin job that I did not sign up for when agreeing to do this podcast. Are you listening, NewsQuest? Um but we will be bringing the post back. back. Phil Morace will be posting his letters again next week, just in case uh, there's anything 
that you want to bring up on this podcast or anything that we brought up on the podcast that you want to reflect on or you want to uh, discuss or elaborate on, here is the email address. So you want to bring something up on the buff. Email Mark and Henry on the buffmail at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-B-U-F-F-M-A-I-L, all one word, at gmail.com. And sorry to the male escort who probably getting some unsolicited Bolton Wanderers correspondence from the people who spell that incorrectly. So, seeing that Wanderers could, and I say could, be returning to Wembley for the first time in a dozen years uh, by this stage next week, we thought it was pretty important to take a proper good look at the Accrington semi-final, really dig into how important all this is, because in 34 years' time, will we still be remembering good times like this? And the ball swung across the... Oh, it's there! Sorry, the lead! The ball swung across there by number six, Jimmy Mike and knocked in. I'll tell you in a minute. Number nine, Dean Edwards. Felt it, not quite sure where the ball was. Dorothy won, full Wanderers nil after 23 minutes. They've had that breakaway, they took the corner kick well. And really, I must say how good to took a superb goal. Now Chandler went to the cross, flicked on the to Julian Darby. Darby turns and it's... Yes! Yes! Julian Darby! What a superb goal! Torquay won, Bolton Wanderers won. Julian Darby flashes home an unstoppable shot there from some 15 yards out. And really, Kenny Allen knew little or nothing about that one. And really, what a cracking match here. Young Jules, as they call him at Burning Park. He'll re- remember that one as long as he lives. Twenty-nine minutes gone. I just look at the Bolton fans, ecstatic, wild with delight over there. Just look at the flags waving and singing, Wanderers, Wanderers, we've all come down to Wembley. I just look at it, brilliant. Phil Brown running at the Torquay defence, plays a good ball deep into the box. Oh dear, what a good header, what a superb header there. And a good cross played in by Phil Brown. And really the Torquay keeper completely stranded, knew nothing about it. Big Mark Winstanley and some class him in the Alan Anson mould, a similar style of player to Big Alan Anson, now that's a tribute to the Bolton youngster. Oh, a superb ball to uh, Cowdrill, and Cowdrill hammers it in, first time it comes to Big Trap, now JT, JT lays it off to Chandler, Chandler, tries a shot in, it's there, yes, Bolton 2, Turkey 1, Jeff Chandler, the ball taking a deflection on its way to Bolton, a good turn of speed there by Barry Cowdrill, and a delightful little ball played in, and then a shot from uh, Jeff Chandler taking the deflection into the back of the Torquay net. Bolton 2, Torquay United 1. And just listen to the roars of delight from this large Bolton following. Torquay on a good attack here. It's a good raid this from Torquay. And it's not up. Oh, a superb save from Dave Falgate. Unlucky there, Torquay. And it's too deep and the ball goes behind. But the Bolton fans singing, walk on, walk on, walk on with open your arms. Just look at that, what a fantastic sight, all the flags, all the banners. It's still Torquay, Torquay having a rally here, really having a surge. Oh, a superb save by Falgate, what a cracking effort there. Chandler, oh a good ball for Crombie, it's Dean Crombie, well clear here, Dean Crombie. Yeah! Ball 
Marquiwa, what a brilliant goal by Dino Crombie. Number five, Dino. Brilliant, superb. Good running there from the big number five. It's not often you get a centre-half scoring. Full three, Torquay won. With about ten minutes left to play. Well, full really playing a stormer. They really, I'm really, really proud. They really played brilliant in this hot, baking sunlight. All credit to Torquay. Just at the point when we equalised, when we uh, scored our third goal, rather. Torquay were coming back into it well and really putting the bold defence under some pressure. And we withstood that and then broke out in real, true, continental fashion with the big central defender, as they call them on the continent, breaking forward and took it like a true centre forward. What a cracking goal. Phil Brown now storming forward. The ball played through for Stuart Storer and just watched Storer go for it. He's got it. It's JT. Yes! Sumo! Sumo! What a great goal. Big Trevor Morgan. Ball four. Torquay one. Brilliant. Superb. Stuart Storer, I've just been saying about his pace. He's only just come, Stuart Storer, he's only just come on the field. Uh, he got down to the byline and crossed it to Sumo. Big Sumo move. Yes, brilliant, he deserved it. What about Stuart Storer? Brilliant. Stuart Storer with his first touchdown, absolutely super. A true uh, uh, first-class substitution, though. Yeah, I think uh, Torquay defence is getting a bit tired, and Stuart Storer, new legs, come on, got past him, no trouble. At this moment in time, we're looking like a second division side. Oh, yeah, well, next season, you never know. Right, it's Bolton Town Centre on Monday, you're not going to be able to get in it. Oh, no, the chaos. So get there early. Anybody going down into Bolton Town Centre on Monday? The answer is get down early. Just look at up. You'll never walk alone. What a brilliant sight. Walk on. Phil Neal must be a really proud man tonight. What a third it is. Ball four, Torquay won. The Sherpa Van Trophy goes back to Burning Park. Absolutely superb. Well done, everybody. Brilliant. The Sherpa Van Trophy final, 1989, Elton John, Sunshine, Norpigs, the whole shebang. I would love them to bring back Norpigs, by the way, if Bolton get there uh, somehow. But, um, yeah, Henry, I mean, I'm, were you even born? No. No. <laughs> Short answer, born? no. Born, but I, was, I was nearly 10, nearly 10. Wow. So I, I, was, uh, I, do, I do kind of remember it, but... Because I had a, a few mates in school that were Bolton fans, and I was up here at that age, so uh, I do kind of remember it happening. I do remember Norpigs, um, and I'd certainly been to watch Bolton a good few times by that point in time at Burnden. So, um, yeah, I mean, it'd be lovely to think that that kind of memory—that's because that's the thing—that's what's that's what's at stake here, really. Uh, people ridicule the competition, and. You know, there's lots about the competition that I hate and we've talked about it a zillion times. I don't really want to go back over it again. And people say it doesn't matter. But actually, it does matter because if you want to be a team that people are talking about in 30, 35 years, you've got to win something. You've got to lift trophies. You've got to give that the, the fans a day out at Wembley or wherever it may be. You've got to have that occasion. And that's why this game is important. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I, you know, well, you know what I think of this competition is that uh, I think it's an easy way for us to to get to Wembley, to get to a, a final, and to to win something. And and this is the thing: while we're at this level, you know, because if you if we get promoted, we suddenly the only competitions we're in are ones that we're never going to win. Mm. Mm. So this is one where we actually, 
we are one of the favourites. We were one of the favourites at the start, and now we're one of the favourites now. Um, and yeah, I think it's a, a it's and it's just a, a big day out. You know, we for for those of us who were uh, well, uh, do you say now? Even though it was ten years ago, is it for those of us who were old enough? Are we at that point? I think, for so. still? I think we are. I, I, it sounds. It feels like yesterday. I can. I can still smell the place walking out. To be honest, <sighs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I can still remember walking up with my assistant at the time, Liam. God rest his soul. Uh, after doing a sixty, no, thirty-two page pullout, we had to do win, lose, or draw on that on that day. Oh, and geez. obviously. You know, it was just a madness having been beaten so heavily, and, and I will be eternally grateful uh, to Martin Spinks and Mike Bagley, who were the Stoke Central writers at the time, who basically helped us no end fill that paper. Just everything they could give us, they did, and they were brilliant. Um, so we managed to fill that whole thing. Uh, Bolton fans were up the motorway long, 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 long before we were. Um, but I remember walking out of that place, and it was just like Walking Dead. It like all the Bolton flags from the Bolton end just ripped on the floor, just everything just thrown away. All the momentous that would have been like cherished had they won that game. And mm. we walked through, sat, and had a, a really disgusting kebab at the nearest <laughs> nearest kebab shop, and um, then went back to the hotel just in virtual silence. It was just so demoralising. And you just knew it was it was one of those days that was going to resonate forever, and it did, and it, it's turned turned into well, like a turning point for the whole club, hasn't it? I mean, people say that was where it all started to head in south. I'm not sure necessarily wasn't a little bit before that, but um, yeah, I mean, it just it was just such a horrible day that you, you've got to get there, you've got to get there, to, you've got to be in it to win it, and I don't think it would be as bad, obviously, if if it was the uh, the Papa John's Trophy, and you were to lose a final, but just to have that day out, I think is the big thing. Yeah, it'll be, um, and I think it'll it'll be nice for the for this team. It's like you said, there they've got to win something, and I think for this team who are who are probably in a lot of people's eyes getting to the point, um, or at least on their way to getting to the point where Bruce Rioch's teams were in, you know, where you rise up the leagues, and mm. um, you know, and. And yeah, it's it'll be nice just to get because I think the thing with Big Sam is again for those who were old enough, Big Sam, that team was brilliant and it was we had some great times. But the one thing was that we lost against Middlesbrough and we never won anything. Mm. So I know last it's cup you know well. last cup final, yeah, be brief. So you can't. I know you can't compare the Papa John's Trophy to a League Cup, but at least they will be able to say they've won something at least. Um, you know, we can uh, we can go back to Wembley and silence the ghost of Stoke. So yeah, for me, I think this competition has been important, all you know, all season. And I think, and this is the you know, I guess going back to the point Neil Hart were making last week about the the size of the attendances. That it's not like Bolton have put out youth teams. They've mm. they've made changes, but they're still squad you know good squad players. So I am actually quite surprised that a few others. I haven't talked to it as much because I think it has been a, 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 or it is a good way of getting to a final. Yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, the semi-final itself, when the draw was made, I was kind of hoping for Cheltenham at home, but nevertheless, uh, Accrington away, it's kind of become more appealing after the draw because Accrington have had a really stinking time recently. Mm. They've been 
they've been losing a lot of games. They've dropped right into the, the relegation mix now. Um, and people are saying, is this the is this the year that that John Coleman doesn't perform miracles, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Um, you don't want to get overboard on that and, and get too overconfident. But you know, Accrington may well have other fish to fry this season. They've never been to Wembley. There is pressure on them. Um, Dion Charles actually brought that that point up uh, when I spoke to him after the um, uh, what was the Charlton game, in fact, and he said. You know, I, I would love to go there and win, he says, but it does feel like there's more pressure on them to do it because this is probably the best chance they're ever going to get to get to Wembley. And, mm. um, you know, they've, I mean, they've, he's done such a great job, John Coleman, down the years and take any rivalry out of it or any anything you'd like to, any dispersions you'd like to cast Accrington's way. You've got to really tip your cap to the way the club's run and the way the club's sort of developed um, into anything like a League One club, because it's got no right to be, really. No, and, uh, you know, I, I know this is probably not for this podcast, but, you know, you look at the likes of Berry and think, well, yeah. you know, Berry were a bigger club than Accrington. They get, slight, you know, slightly higher attendances. And you look at the way Accrington have been run and think, well, if Berry were run like that, well, where would they be now? So, mm. yeah, they are the poster boy for that sort of size of club and the likes of them and Burton and... Um, you know, and a, a few others that have managed to get into League One on attendances that are like two thousand, like four thousand, if you're lucky. Um, yeah, and Accrington have have done really well, but yeah, I think it's possibly yeah, it's just not clicking for them, is it this season? Possibly, it is the year that they go they go down, and uh, um, you know, I hope that if they do go down, they don't go down again. I think they're a good mm. asset to the EFL. Um, but I, I do think what worries me now next week is because they're not playing well, because um, Bolton are playing so well. God, if we lose, the meltdown's going to be. Yeah. Un- I, I, it's going to be. You know, I, I'm not there because I didn't get a ticket. I'll be watching it on the telly. But for anyone who's there, please, it's on Sky. If we lose, can we not embarrass the club, please? Because I think people will be really upset. Yes, yeah, I'm well aware of that. I'm trying to keep um, a, a glass half full mentality on it, but I, yes, I, I fully appreciate what you're saying. It could be nasty. I mean, I, we we only need to say the word seven one to mm. remember how bad it can feel when you're in that. And it's also because it's such a, a close proximity stadium. It's a really good atmosphere. It's one of the, the louder atmospheres uh, mm. in at League One level, I think, and and it does. Um, Good and bad stuff uh, does uh, does sound really good when it's when it's rocking. Um, yeah, I, I do hope people keep a a lid yeah. on things. But um, the the team the, the the other thing we've got to consider is with with Bolton going into this game is that a lot of the team isn't actually allowed to play in the game. Mm. So the likes of. Um, Victor Adebayejo won't be playing in it, of course. Uh, Shola Shoratiri won't be able to play. Mbete, did he play for City? I don't think he did because he was on loan at Huddersfield, so he wouldn't have done. Ah, right. Well, he can play. Um, who else did we sign at the start of the... Oh, Dan Lundelu. Of course, Dan he's Lundelu, injured. Yeah. yeah, he's injured at the moment. Um, uh, so, anyway. yeah, there's a, there's a couple of changes. I mean, it may, it may, may make not, not a massive amount of difference. I'm sure they'll go as strong as they can possibly get but it might mean you know a couple of chances for the the, the kachungas of this world 
uh, or you know, kind of Josh Sheehan's, uh, you know, the ones that have kind of just dropped to to being the kind of second string at the moment. But um, it's still a strong squad. I th- I I do think yeah. it, it. We've said it all the way along this season that there aren't really superstars. There's a few developing now, I think, but. It, a lot of it is interchangeable. It's a very deep squad, and to cope with is it eight players they've got out at the moment. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure everybody will be busting their gut to get back for next week, but I don't think too many people will be um, different. The, the squad won't be completely different. George, George Thomason might have a chance, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, they they should have a strong enough squad to be able to go and win that game. I'm quite confident of that. Yeah, but just bear in mind as well that I think Wigan, Wigan lost to Sutton in the semis at home yeah, last year, true. so it's it's not a given. And I think uh, this is what we all need to realise is that it isn't a given, but it is also a massive opportunity to get to Wembley and have a day out and, and win a trophy. So uh, I'm excited, but I'm, I'm just a bit cautious at the same time. Semi-finals are a weird thing for Wanderers as well, by the way, because... They've, I mean, we've we're talking about the the Stoke one, but you're going back and, you know, you remember the Villa two legger mm. with JJ's free kick that was great, fantastic. Before that, there was the year with Big Sam where he got to two semi finals. It was Villa and Tranmere, Tranmere, of course, Tranmere. Um, yeah, mm. yeah, and then before that, it was Swindon for the League Cup for Brioc, and that was a famous game. I've just done that for our uh, our memories um, thing for subscribers That's uh, that was a great game they lost the first leg and then came back and, and, and beat them quite soundly and won 4-3 on aggregate uh, at Burnden yeah. uh, before that the Sherpa van uh, they beat Blackpool famously at uh, Bloomfield Road to, to, to get through um, Russell Coughlin's penalty that hit the side of Normid which was famous um, before that, they got to the final again in this competition. It was the Freight Rover Trophy. Then uh, they beat Wigan. That must have been good. Three-one uh, on aggregate. And then you go back before that, and the last semi-final was they lost to Everton in seventy-six, uh, seventy-seven. Another quite a famous one. Um, some really big crowds at Burnden and, and Goodison that night, and, and Everton, Liverpool played in the League Cup final that year, but. Uh, yeah, a mixed bag as far as semi-finals go, but they've got a reasonable record. They're not terrible, and uh, you'd like to think that the strength of the squad, the way they're going at the minute, and the way that Aki are going, it, it has kind of happened at a really good time. Yeah, um, but again, we'll wait and see. <laughs> hopefully, the the podcast, which we'll probably record next Thursday, the day after it, hopefully will be uh, will be you know in a in jovial mood but um, you really are the voice of reason in this week's podcast I, I, Mark you, I've been supporting Bolton you, for over 20 years you are I battling know. to keep me from getting away from <laughs> getting, getting <over> excited <laughs> you're like you're like Ian Everett walking into a press conference after uh, after Tuesday night <laughs> I'm just I've supported him for too long to know that this could all balls up <laughs> no team better at it there isn't a glass in your house that's got a bottom on it at all. You just pour straight through. <laughs> it doesn't. Nothing holds liquid at all. I don't let things get half full. So yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, it's time to put our necks on the line and make some predictions then for this week's games. Pass us my crystal ball. What's happening next week? Prediction time. All right. We've got two. 
Um, Wickham. I mean, let's not forget this. Also, a really big game on Saturday <laughs> at Wickham. We've not really talked too much about it, but um, uh, for starters, I don't think there'll be too many changes. I think they, I think the Kieran Lee swap works quite well. Wickham, very big, very powerful team, but I don't think. Uh, do you put Connor Bradley back in? Do you change things around with with Gethin Jones, or do you keep it as is? Keep it as it is, we'll win 10-0. There you go, I'm positive. <laughs> I was just um, about to take a sip of juice then. You're very nearly through the laptop. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, uh, well, I'm sure you'll be looking at the Accrington game as well. But, um, yeah, because I think, I don't think you can necessarily drop any of them, to be honest. Mm. Um, so, I'd if Bradley's fit, I'd, yeah, I'd probably put him on the bench and... Uh, you know, I mean, he's a great asset to come on, um, but I, you look at the, the you, you wouldn't drop Jones. I think he's, you know, Jones as well coming in from that right wing has scored and and basically assisted the penalty against Peterborough, and and he's got a, an assist for Charles, so he's doing well on that right wing at the moment. Um, and I wouldn't drop any of the middle three, so uh, and I wouldn't drop Declan John, so. Unfortunately, Connor Bradley for me would be on the bench. But if it's not going well, um, which it will be a, a really tough game. I, again, we said it last week. I'm going to say it again to hope we get another five nil. I'd take a point. I'd take a point right here, right now. I'm having nil nil this time. You can have one one. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I noticed as well the, the teams around. Whereas last week they were all playing each other. This week they're all got yeah games they should be winning. Mm. So it's a massive game. If we can get a win. That'll be a, a, I think that'll be a bigger win, especially with what Wickham they beat Derby last week. I think it'll be a bigger win than the Peterborough one. How big is a win going to be by the end of the season? Because every week, like <laughs> the size of the win, it's like exponential. It's going to be gigantic. You're going to be able to see it from space. That's how well, big, that's how the, big the last win will be. It will be, and it'll get us promoted, Mark. Well, fair play, fair play. Now, Accrington have got Shrewsbury at home, so that's not an easy one, the way Shrewsbury are going at the minute. And they're, no. they're one of those physical teams as well. You know, I wouldn't like anybody to get roughed up or anything, but uh, go on. <laughs> go on, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron Wilbraham can do us a job there. No yeah, problem. if you can just... Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, I know they didn't play with each other for Bolton, but I'm sure Ethan Hamilton said something about Wilbraham. Yeah, I think uh, Sean McConville, I'm pretty sure was, he said a few things about Shrewsbury being rubbish. <laughs> um, and that there's no chance they'll be able to beat him on their place. Uh, Lucas Jensen's in goal at the minute for Accrington, by the way. Did you know that? Uh, I didn't know. He had a, a very prolific career, didn't he, for Bolton? He will be a quiz question, without doubt. Name the Bolton Wanderers promotion team. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Jensen will uh, be one of those that people are forgetting. Um, so, are we going, we're going for the draw for Wickham. I'm afraid we're also going to have to make a prediction for Accrington. And oh, I, 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 they're gonna win. They're gonna win. We're going to Wembley. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm gonna say two-one. Um, you know what, Mark? I, I've been, I've half, you know, I've been keeping my my emotions intact, but we're gonna win. I just, I think we're gonna win. I think uh, this this Bolton side. I'm going off Bolton sides of the past. I'm going off, um, you know, those those memories of. Result, games that Bolton were banked to win and never won. But this team's different. We're going to win. We'll win 3-1. It'll all be, everyone will just be singing Wembley for the whole second half and uh, we'll be booking our tickets 
and uh, and yeah, we'll be doing a podcast live from Wembley. Oh God, probably more than one as well. That's the problem. It'd be a, it'd be a daily daily podcast in the build up to Wembley. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to start planning those sort of things. But I do. I've just got this feeling in my water that there is at least one Wembley trip in the uh, in the offing for Wanderers this season. I just um, it, there'll only be one, Mark, because we're going up automatically. <laughs> oh God, HMS will be setting off again soon. <laughs> um, do you reckon we should do a, a buff? Uh, Cup final song if we get there? Uh, let's discuss it next week when we're there. <laughs> you haven't started writing one yet? No, no, no. And I just think, I mean, I don't know if Accrington have a podcast, uh, <laughs> but I know they'll be listening and they'll clip it off. Well, we'll do one for Aki as well if they, if they get there. Don't bother me. Um, yeah, I mean, do you reckon the, do you reckon the players would get a special suit or, or, or do you reckon they just wear the one that they normally do now? Well, it's the. It, I tell you what, since they've been wearing them, they've 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 risen up the league. So it's a it is a good look charm. So uh, no, just keep that one. I think if I was supplying those suits as well, I'd make it known because they really have been just just as Kasabian were the uh, were the catalyst for last year when they started coming out to Kasabian students. Um, yeah. The suit makers for this year seem to have uh, have got things right. So uh, yes, let us know. Come and sponsor the podcast, even. <laughs> Yeah, give us a suit. Give us a suit, yeah. I'll wear I've, it whilst I've not I'm got, recording. Yeah, I've not got any court appearances coming up, but I could always do with a suit. <laughs> I don't know. You've not uh, not heard the edit on this podcast yet. There may well be some. <laughs> and, and there may there may well be a murder charge on there as well in a minute once uh, once I've put this podcast down. Um, yes, anyway, <laughs> so that is a, a wrap uh, for this week's show. Um, thank you very much, as ever, for tuning in. Um, I genuinely hope by the next time you sit down um, and listen to this podcast that uh, that we've got a Wembley appearance. Uh, that, that I've got a nice bed or breakfast booked on Wembley Way. Um, bed or breakfast. <laughs> bed, bed or breakfast. That's the, the choice that NewsQuest usually give me. I normally take breakfast and just takes me chances. Um, <laughs> sleep on a park bench somewhere. Um, but yes, yes, who knows? Um, and of course, then we'll be having uh, supplements and all sorts to uh, to worry about as well. Can't wait for that. But um, yes, going to be a big week for Wanderers. But I've got I've got a feeling in my bones it's going to be a good one. And I hope that bit of the podcast isn't played back to me in a week's time. Um, until then, I have been Mark Dean Crombie's on the March Isles. And I've been Henry, blow up the Norpig Hewitt. This has been The Buff.